The information contained on this platform represents the opinion of the host and shall not be understood, construed as or a substitute for medical or health advice. Please see a health professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. It's the Black Health 365 podcast, and we are here to make sure you look good on the outside and even better on the inside. After all, looking good, feeling good, and living a healthy lifestyle 365 days of the year should be a daily choice. Here at the Black Health 365 podcast, we will address the healthcare disparities within the Black community with trusted voices and information to empower a healthy lifestyle. Ain't that right, Britt? I'm talking about mind, body, and soul. What's up, 365ers? And welcome to another episode of the Black Health 365 podcast. I am uh, Jackie Page, radio personality and fitness coach, along with my co-host. What's good, 365ers? Britt Dames here, your fit life coach and yogi. This is the Black Health 365. And as y'all know, we are here to be champions of truth and change by providing y'all with personalized healthcare information and resources from trusted professionals. We are here to empower the Black community to make healthier choices all year long. And we'd like to introduce our very intelligent guest today. Yes. Joining us today, we have Kristen Crockett, who is an intuitive leadership coach, speaker, and facilitator who empowers individuals and teams to expand and lead. She's also the president and CEO. Okay. <laughs> I'm giving respect where respect is due of the Crockett Collective, a leadership and uh, personal development company that offers a wide range of services. Um, how are you doing today? I'm good. So it's great to be here. So thank you all so much for having me on the show. We're excited to chat with you today, 365ers. Um, we're talking about grief today. Um, something I think we have all kind of dealt with at some point in time in our lives. So we thought it would be, you know, a good time to 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 talk about it on um, the 365 podcast, the Black Up 365 podcast with you. But before we get into our topic, um, you know, we got to do those check-ins. So we're going to start with our guest, Britt. I hope you don't mind. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Kristen, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm, listen, I'm feeling hydrated. I'm feeling good. I love that you said that. <laughs> it's hot Rick, how, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, uh, Jackie. Staying really motivated. I'm in a really good routine right now. Um, you know, doing good work in the community, getting my sleep, working out. Uh, honestly, as, you know, li life has a lot of highs and lows and sometimes plateaus. And right now I'm riding a high and ready for whatever comes. I hear that. I hear that. You're not going to ask me how I'm doing. I was just about to. I was waiting for oh. you to say it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, what's happening with you, <laughs> What's going on um, with you? I'm good. I'm good. I don't think anything crazy is going on right now. I feel like um, I've hit a plateau, which is actually not a bad thing. So I'm kind of like at a plateau area. Um, so yeah, I'm good. Still trying to figure out this whole weight gain situation. Um, but we're kind of taking that one day at a time. So. So yeah, I'm good. Um, and to uh, Kristen's point, I'm a little. You're you're hydrated. I'm a little thirsty, and I can't go get my like. I set the water on the opposite side of the room, and I can't reach it right now. So I'm just kind of like looking at the water, like <laughs> this is ghetto. Yeah. 
we're in the midst of summer right now and it's hot. It, I was about to, you know, use profane language. It is hot outside, <laughs> right? And people are not drinking the water. Um, people are not drinking the water whatsoever. And some, yeah. That's <laughs> it's, me. It's, it's crucial. Mm -hmm. That's me. A lot I of my clients. Your clients, me, I struggle with it. And I can and I can be honest and say why I struggle with it. Um, I get so inundated with the day that I just forget to get it in. So then when I actually sit down and I'm just, somebody says something about water, I'm like, mm, should have got some, mm, I'm thirsty. But yeah, um, there was an actual article that dropped um, a few weeks ago that actually talked about, um, you know, ways that people can actually stay hydrated um, throughout the summer months because this is a time where people struggle more than ever to get the to get the to get their their water in to get that hydration in. Um, Britt, what are some ways that you, I guess, stay hydrated throughout the summer? Uh, you know, it, it sounds like a simple answer, right? You know, drink water. Uh, but I really prioritize it because I'm, you know, as you know, I'm, I'm not only doing my yoga, but I'm also really big into bodybuilding right now and lifting weights. And most of our body is composed of water. So, so from a scientific level, I'm hyper aware how important it is for me to maintain my muscle mass. Uh, so I'm drinking water whenever I get a chance. Um, outside of that, my brother like to eat. <laughs> I do like to eat. And that includes everything under the sun from meat to also my uh, vegetables. And you can get a lot of hydration from vegetables, from tomatoes, uh, from cucumbers, from watermelon, obviously, um, a lot of different things. So a lot of food honestly has a lot of water property in that. And people don't know that too. If you're not drinking water, you're probably still getting some hydration from the food that you're eating, uh, especially if you're eating more uh, vegetables. So that's that's a little tip for people. What uh, about you, Kristen? Oh, Kristen. yeah. No, I say, what about you, Kristen? Sorry. Uh, what do you do? I I struggle. I'm going to be very honest. I struggle with drinking water because I'm the same as you, Jackie. Whereas, like, I'll get to working, I will forget. So I've started now um, trying to make sure that I have it three times a day, which means I'm drinking a huge glass in the morning when I first wake up one in the middle of the day and one um before i go to bed so that's how i get it in yeah i i try that but i'm not gonna hold you the struggle is real i usually do really good about getting something in in the morning um in the afternoon when i get home but then in the evening i'm like mm, i don't know if i really want to drink all this water because i don't want to be running back and forth to the bathroom so that that like evening one i find myself kind of missing out on um but yeah. Getting that water in is very important. You know, going ta tapping on the words you just used there, Chris, and the word struggle, just as a way to incentivize you and all 365ers listening. Um, summer, it's hot. It's hot girl season. It's hoochie daddy season. We outside. Um, we are sweating. Uh, but some of us are still dealing with all type of issues, whether that's depression, whether that's mental fogginess, whether that's just fatigue. Um, and as, as, a, as a coach, as a wellness coach, I'm just always constantly reminding my clients, dog, are you drinking water? Have you eaten today? Um, and it's, <laughs> to me, it seems um, crazy, but you know, everybody has their own lifestyle. And for many reasons that you just explained, it may be difficult getting it in. So for people listening to this 365ers, if you're feeling like any of those things, there could be a number of issues, a myriad of issues why you are feeling like those things, but drinking water could help out. So drink your water. It's <laughs> <So laughs> a drink. great reminder your water um and with that being said just talking about you know how our uh, emotions can be affected um, we are talking about grief today and 365 hours we're going to start this conversation off with our dharma talk and for for newcomers here our dharma talks are basically a little small sermon to set the conversation and set the tone for the conversation 
Today's Tomer Talk is about the nature of healing. Are you merely intellectualizing your healing, uh, intellectualizing uh, how you think should, how you think things should be? You know, it's one thing to simply go to therapy, hear all these great talking points, but it's another thing to actually put that into practice into your daily life so that growth is really happening. Uh, sometimes what people do, they just read all these self-help books, all these growth mindset books, and don't do the work. Uh, they can have great conversations, but won't make the changes. Um, and so when it comes to self-work, when it comes to healing, it's important that you recognize really what's going on, both internally and how you're operating and navigating space uh, in the world. Because what can happen is when you intellectualize things and don't really apply, you can start to disassociate yourself from the responsibility of actions. Um, and that's that's not why we're here, right? We're here to be our best possible selves. And, and that can apply in so many different ways. Um, today, we're talking about grief and how we can process grief. Um, and sometimes we can get in our heads too much to the point that we're not behaving in a way that is conducive to our own self-being, to our own best interests, and maybe even the people around us, right? So with that being said, again, are you merely intellectualizing your healing, your growth, or are you doing the work? or what we call in the yoga space, the practice. Let's get into it. Come on, Britt, come on. I'm still <laughs> in that Dharma talk. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, whew, I'm going to try my best not to get super emotional during this uh, episode. Um, I have shared with the 365ers that my dog did pass earlier this year. So I have been grieving and kind of dealing with that. Um, so... Kristen, let's just go ahead and hop into this. And like I said, I'm going to try to remain emotionless, <laughs> but I think that may be a part of the process of actually grieving. It is. Um, what is, you know, we, we use the word grief, but I don't think a lot of people actually have a good working definition of what it is or like a real definition of what grief is. Um, so from a, I guess, a, funda a fundamental, very elementary level, um, what, what would you say grief is? So one thing, Jackie, I will say, it's like throughout this whole conversation, it's okay to get emotional. I, I, may, I may do that as well. So I want to just let everybody know that that is a part of the process. But for me, grief is really about when your expectations really don't coincide with your with, 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 with what is happening in reality right now, right? So for me, grief is about three things colliding. That is sadness, dashed expectations and a loss of some kind. So a lot of times it could be that we really thought that our parents would be here forever, or we there was a job that we really thought we would end up retiring from and then we got laid off. So there's so many different aspects of grief, but it's really when reality doesn't work out with what is in our head about our expectations. So grief doesn't have to be just a loss of a physical being, because I think that's one of the things that a lot of people wrap grief into is, you know, a parent, a friend, a family member, um, in my case, you know, a, a pet um, passed away. Um, it, you're saying it doesn't necessarily just have to be surrounded around an actual being. Well, and here's the thing, we can actually grieve a relationship that is still here. We could grieve not having a mom who was there for us, right? And she could still be alive. We could grieve, um, you know, a career that we thought we were going to be a doctor, but we couldn't pass the boards, right? Um, there are all these different things that that grief are around. But in addition to that, grief is also around change. So we could really be experiencing, let's say, a manager who 
we absolutely loved and was very supportive. And then they leave and we get another manager who doesn't really know our, our first name. That's still also grief. So we grief is all around us in different ways. Um, and that's important to understand that it's not just wrapped up in a body. It's also wrapped up in so many different experiences in life as well. I appreciate you saying that, Kristen. Um, as a yogi, as someone who has practiced Buddhism and this concept of impermanence, um, allowing us to understand that things are fleeting, things are constantly changing, but a lot of us like to hold on to and attach ourselves to concepts, to people, to ideas. And I love how you said that grief is also metaphysical. Some people get attached to the idea of themselves. And once life shows up and realize they realize that they aren't that, that person, they may grieve that, hey, I'm really not who this who I thought I was. Um, so there's so many ways that we can grieve. Um, and that's what makes it so so sticky, right? Yeah. And, and it's it's one of these things that I don't think we really do a good job in the United States of allowing people to really have the emotions that are around grieving, right? So it's so personalized. We all grieve in different ways. And the other part of that, the other part about this is also understanding that not all of us will grieve, right? So we could experience the loss of a person, um, of a job, of things like that, where, you know, for my dad, when I lost him from cancer, I didn't grieve until a month later. And then we also have people who didn't grieve for 20 years and some people who never grieve. So just like a fingerprint, it is very individual to all of us. But is that a healthy thing to not, well, is, is that healthy to wait a month or wait, you know, 20 years, like you just said, or not, is, is that healthy to not to grieve at all or to prolong the grieving process? I don't necessarily want to equate it with, with being healthy or unhealthy, it really is just about what happens for each of us individually. There's so many different reasons for that. I think for me, it was, I thought that I had grieved, right? I thought that at the funeral, that was grief for me. And it wasn't until a month later when I went to go and call my father and realized that he was not there, that is when everything kind of came came out for me. It was also, you know, getting ready to get married and the thought about, you know, not having a daddy-daughter dance with my dad there or no one to walk me down the aisle. Those are all moments that we grieve. And so we might think that we are through because we a lot of times we think that grief is a moment and it's not, it's a journey. It's, it's one of these things. My dad has now uh, been gone for 12 years and every single year, my grief journey is different with my relationship with my dad. I think that's really interesting because I think about um, I my dog passed away and I had him for 13 years in January. It's okay. And I have my moments. Yeah. It's so true, Jackie. And as, as you have this moment here, that's the really tough and difficult part about grief is that triggers occur with us right and so we can have these triggers where it could be a favorite song it could be you know uh, a tv show it could be a piece of candy or our favorite dessert whatever it is something may trigger this in us that makes us feel like like no time has passed at all and that is really the the, the thing about grief that is so tricky absolutely um here on three black Seven 365 I, i've been saying this quote that is so real to the human experience that healing is a verb. Grieving is a verb. And those triggers, we, we show up to those moments as new people each time. But hopefully through, through self-work, you know, both internalized and externalized, that we can address it 
in a more sustainable way every time that it shows up and how we process that grief. Absolutely. Yeah. And Jackie, even through tears, I do want to talk about how grief impacts us, you know, in terms of the physical body, because grief is one of those things where it impacts us psychologically, physically, emotionally. It is, it is that emotion that definitely impacts the entire body. And, you know, one thing about it is that when you're not, letting out your emotions of any kind. Now, whether we're talking about any emotions, when you're not letting them out, you're keeping them inside the body. And when you keep things inside the body, it actually starts to impact the cells in our body, right? So we start to see things like doctors will talk a lot about seeing, you know, people with heart, heart issues. Um, it could be fatigue or muscle and joint pain, um, you know, upset stomach or inability to eat or, you know, headaches, trouble sleeping, all of these things are symptoms of, you know, grief not being released. Um, and tears are one of those things that really help us to do that talking about it, journaling, like being in the company of other people, you know, one of the, the things from when my father passed away, people called me, who had lost their dad. It was very comforting to hear their journey and what was going on. So being in the comfort of people who have lost um, something similar to you or someone similar to you uh, definitely is very helpful as well. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. How do you get to the point where, and I know, you know, we talk about it being a verb and, you know, it being a journey, but how do you get to the point where you're not grieving anymore, where you've kind of like come to terms with, the loss or the change? So it really depends on the person. And the reason why I, I like to use the terms moving through grief is that I don't personally feel that, that grief is something that you get over. You don't ever get over the loss of something. It's just kind of like, can you integrate it into your life? And can it allow you to, um, you know, like, I can talk about, let's say, for example, an aunt or, you know, a godfather that I had where, you know, every time I used to talk about him, I would end up in tears where now I can tell stories about him and I won't necessarily end up in tears. Do I still miss him? And are there moments while end up in tears? Absolutely. So it's a journey that you move through that changes. Every day is different. Every week is different. Every year is different. And we just have to move along in this journey um, and understand that we have to give ourselves grace. Grace is like the big word here where, you know, when you, we're so hard on ourselves and we want to, we don't want to think about the fact that we got to get over something and it just doesn't happen that way with grace. We have to give, give each other grace and give ourselves grace and understanding that this is definitely a journey. I think it's very interesting how you said, like you could talk about your relative one time and like be fine. And the next time, like get emotional. I've had those moments these last few months, maybe two or three weeks ago, a new coworker came in and they were, cause they saw on my social media that my dog had passed and they were just like, you know, I couldn't imagine cause they have a, a dog too. 
Um, and they're just like, you know, I couldn't imagine. And literally, like, I was able to like share the whole story, it was perfectly fine. He's just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm making you talk about this. I'm like, no, it's okay. But then I get up here and I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I, I think that's a, it's a very interesting, a very interesting thing. Um, and I guess a very interesting process about grief is that you never know when something may or may not trigger you, or you never know where your headspace is on that respective day. Absolutely. And I think a big part of that is also we go through different experiences each day, right? And so one day it might be something completely different, right? It might be a situation where we went to our favorite restaurant and, you know, we're around friends that we absolutely loved. And then the next day it's a little bit more difficult. We're dealing with different things. And I think it also deals with it, you know, grief is also like, it can be impacted through other things that you're dealing with, right? So um, any new changes or shifts in your life can also kind of, you know, um, amplify the grief that you have for that time in your life or even for that day in your life. I think, Kristen, you said something that's really interesting I wanna talk about is that grief shows up differently for different people and how they express it. And I just wanna speak from a man's perspective, from a man who had a lot of trauma in my life and for me, a lot of times difficult emotions got expressed as frustration and anger, and in my earlier life, even violence. When I experience grief, sometimes I'll get angry. When someone, my grandfather particularly, who passed away seven years ago, when he died, I was angry. And, you know, I think there are social expectations to a degree of what grief should look like in a community. And when you're not displaying those, people may make you feel shame. Why aren't you doing, why aren't you feeling this? Why aren't you, you know? And it's important in terms of the word grace. We don't know what people are going through. We don't know what people's processes are. And a lot of times we're interested in people, how they operate, but I'm not sure so people, so sure people have the best interests or your best interests <laughs> when you're expressing your, 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 your grief. Um, so I, I think I just wanted to just highlight that, you know, it's, it's, it's different, it's different ways that we can express things. Yeah. And, and Brent, you you really bring a really great point, which is everyone grieves differently, handles things differently, but emotions come out in different ways too. Right. And so we do have this kind of concept of a way that grief should come out and it just doesn't happen that way. I have uh, a friend where her you know, trigger point for molestation. Uh, uh, her grandfather was molesting her. And on her, you know, when she was 12 years old, she answered the telephone and she said it was the best day of her life because her grandfather had died, right? We typically don't really think about the fact that grief can also, or, or should I say the loss of someone or something can make us very happy. I am a person who, I don't believe in taboo emotions. I believe that anger and happiness and joy and sadness, um, all of those things are part of the grief process or they can be. And so how you, um, you know, and, and, and let's talk for a second too, just about Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's work where she talks about the five stages of grief and anger is one of those stages. So we do have denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And here's the thing, grief is nonlinear. It, is, it does not take a, a specific path. And so you could experience anger 
one day and then acceptance the next day or depression one day and denial the next day, right? So it's very nonlinear or you could experience none of those things. You could go from, you know what? I'm, I understand that they, uh, they've passed away and, and I, I know they are, they're still with me. And so you experience acceptance right off the bat. So it's very different, but there is nothing wrong with being angry because with being angry, because anger also moves things, right? It moves things out of your body, which is also, you know, I would say utilize that anger in a way, maybe in working out where if you're thinking about that, it's, it's, it's helping you get the, get the, uh, get the emotion out of you as well. I can definitely agree with that. I've been in a, a number of breakups and, and heartaches where I'm grieving that that person who has left my life. And um, I have definitely turned that that energy into a six pack. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a really great way of getting that in that getting that those emotions out of out of out of you. Right. That's really important. I think it's also important to note, you know, just kind of having this conversation that we grieve different things very differently. Yes. Um, you know, Britt just talked about, you know, being in different relationships and grieving through kind of working out. I feel like I've done that, you know, a few times as well. Um, but then, you know, I, I think about like with my, my, the loss of my dog, like that emotionally just has me all over the place. Um, you know, it is interesting to know that you grieve things differently and the grieving process is not going to be the same for every loss or every change. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And we could have, you know, uh, for example, my dad had a very different relationship with both of my brothers than he did with me. Right. So we all had different relationships, different relationship with my mom as well. We all have different relationships with each person. And so therefore the, the grief journey is going to be very different. Um, and that is, an everyday thing that is a 10 years down the road thing that's a 20 years down the road thing where it's it's just very different we could have just like you can have an, a situation where two people two friends go to the movies and one loves the movie and one hates it right different experiences even though they technically experience the same thing but we never do we always experience different things based on our childhoods, based on what we are going through, based on all of our different experiences together. They are never the same for one person as they are for another one. Well, with that being said, there are different ways that we express grief and many reasons that we will feel grief. But when is it serious enough that we seek professional help for our grievance? What are some signs that, hey, this this isn't this isn't right. I, I need to apply some change. Or if you're someone who knows someone who's clearly grieving, how can you hold space for them? Yeah, so that's a great question, Britt. I think for for one thing to remember is that when you are going through grief, there are certain things that uh, a lot of people definitely experience, right? So if there is loss of sleep, so insomnia is definitely a common one where people struggle with sleeping, um, not being able to eat or even overeating. Um, those are things that are definitely very common. But when you when it comes to the inability to, let's say, get out of bed at all for a prolonged period of time, and sometimes that's, you know, and, and let's talk about this because for one day, for a few days, for a week, that might be fine for that particular person, right? But for that person who is unable to get up for six months, you know, three months, then that definitely um, 
is is something that's a little bit deeper. So just taking a look at what is normal behavior. And when I say that normal behavior for you, right, for you. Um, and also just kind of like thinking about the fact that, um, you know, are you moving at all? Are you eating? Are you drinking water? Um, are you, you know, socializing with people? Is it, are you unable to do any work, right? So I think when it starts to impact our lives significantly, it really may be time to either talk to that particular person about possibly seeking help or for yourself to say, you know what, do I need to um, utilize, you know, a lot of times at, at work, we have hotlines where your HR department can give you a number to call. And they have, you know, grief counselors available for you as well. So those are the types of things that I think that are important when it starts to really impact us from living our lives, um, you know, in, in some way, shape or form, right? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, how... And you kind of answer this a little bit about, you know, making space um, for somebody who is grieving. Um, you know, in that time, you don't want to, I, 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 I feel like you don't want to ruffle the feathers. So how do you not, if you realize that somebody is, you know, they may need to go have a conversation with somebody because the grief seems to change um, their daily activities. How do you have that conversation with somebody? Because with, without ruffling the feathers, I just feel like for me, it would be a very like touch and go sticky type of situation. And I don't know if I would want to have that conversation. Yeah. And I think that Jackie, this is also something where I, I tell you to follow your gut, right? So if you're not ready to have that conversation or you don't want to have that conversation with someone, it might be saying, you know what, let me talk to somebody who is even closer to them that maybe they want to, um, you know, maybe we can talk about like, should we even approach this person? Right. So that's one thing because Sometimes people just need to grieve and they need to go through it because it's very different for different cultures, right? And so depending on our culture, you know, there are certain, you know, Tanzania, for example, my, uh, one of my mother's mother-in-laws, like she, it, it was, it was, requ it's required for you to grieve for 40 days, right? And there are different cultures that go about this in very different ways. But in the United States, we're told, you know, three days and you, and you got to get back to work, right? But we're really, you know, someone who has been a part of our life or for you, you know, someone who, a, a pet who's been with you for over 10 years, that is like an everyday thing that they've been with you. What we also grieve are the loss of, you know, just so many different things, our, our identity, right? So who are we if, you know, a parent or both parents have now passed away? Who are we if we no longer have a pet, right? The loss of value, the loss of purpose, the loss of community, the loss of rituals, all of these things are losses that we can, can you know, that can impact us. And so I think that having a conversation with someone really depends on your comfort level it also depends on your relationship with that person. Um, and it also depends on, you know, are you seeing things that are very scary and frightening for you? Somebody who has two months off from work who is grieving for 30 days may not be a big deal, but someone who has to go back to work in, in three or four days, that might be an issue. So I think it's very like a case by case basis. And I would say having the conversation 
is not necessarily a problem, right? I am more concerned about when you don't have a conversation with someone, um, you know, what may happen. So I think sometimes it's trying it and sometimes it's trying it in different ways or waiting, um, you know, maybe it's waiting another week or talking with somebody else who can talk to that person. Yeah, that's a that's a really difficult one. Um, I'm just speaking for my brothers who may struggle with even a language of vulnerability when they are going through that grief or who are maybe too prideful to admit things and maybe have their own process and they may not feel like that person who's going to reach out to them feel like, even if I told you, would you understand what I'm going through? Because a lot of a lot of the sentiments for a lot of people, and I've experienced that a lot in my life. Um, so I hold things in from that person. But I may reach out to somebody else. I'm like, sometimes, hey, bro, just give me space. Yeah. Um, it's a really I have my good own point. process. <laughs> you know, and I know I have my process. It's a really great point, Britt. And for me, I have my own process. When I am crying or upset, the last thing that I want someone to do is to come up and like, you know, start hugging me and like. That's not what I do. So what I do tell people is even with my dad passing away, I told my husband, listen, I don't like when people smother, smother me. So if I happen to be up in the middle of the night, you hear me crying, I would love for you just to come and sit next to me. And that's it, right? That's it. Just make sure that, you, that you're there for me. But the hugging and smothering doesn't work for me when I'm crying, right? And so I think telling people how you like to be comforted is also something that's important for your close friends, your close family, significant others. But it's also understanding that some people may not cry. They just may not, right? They may not be ready to, or they may not want to. And other people, like my husband, he definitely deals with death in a very different way for me. And he's much more logical about it. And I have to allow him to do that because not everybody is you, right? So it's also understanding that we are all individuals with their own individual experiences. And the most that we can do is to say, Britt, I'm going to be there for you if you ever want to talk, right? Um, that's really important. And also this whole thing, like, Britt, I'm so glad you brought this up because men and emotions, that's one of my specialties because I also see how not talking about, you know, what you are feeling impacts you. I work with people every single day um, who are people who have been impacted by keeping emotions inside. So I am somebody who loves to, my specialty is talking about emotions, helping people navigate them, and grief is all a part of that as well. So we have a thing um, that we like to do. It's called uh, What's Your 365? Um, and it's just something that we like to leave our 365ers with. Um, I think grief is something, like I said before, and I think we've all kind of chimed in and said at some point in time we've dealt with it so i know the 365ers um they've dealt with it as well um what Kristen, what advice um what actionable item you know what what would you say to the 365ers um you know if you could leave one last thing when it comes to grief in in, in dealing um in this space i would definitely say that to understand that any emotion that you are feeling is okay. It is also really okay to not be okay. What that means is understanding that each day may be different. You may not feel like yourself. 
that's all okay. Whatever emotion comes up for you is okay to really be gentle and to give yourself grace. But also when you can get to the point of celebrating, right? I love to tell people to incorporate celebrations into things like eat, you know, my dad's favorite ice cream. I might do that for his birthday, but really understanding how you can incorporate people's memories into your life as well so that grief is not just a moment but it is a journey and it's about incorporating people's memories the things that they've taught us all of that into our lives there it is um kristen it has been phenomenal speaking with you a lot of crystal gems here for the 365ers that are listening for people who may be experiencing grief uh jackie thank you for being candid with your journey and sharing with us um, and it's definitely things that I, I'm working through myself. As we always say, healing is a verb. You work through grief. You work through these things. There are people in your corner believe that no matter how disconnected you may feel, there are ways to reconnect the dots, right? Never give up. With that being said, Kristen, where can we find you? So you all can find me on Instagram at the Kristen Crockett and also on LinkedIn. Um, my website is also kristencrockett.com. But any of those spaces and places, um, if you are interested uh, in connecting with me and seeing what I have to offer for grief, that is where you can find me. And thank you um, for your vulnerability. Um, I know, you know, talking about the passing of your father, um, you know, losing a parent is never an easy thing to do. It's never an easy thing to, you know, talk about. So thank you for, you know, your openness, Britt. Thank you for your openness because, you know, I think we've, we, we talked about, you know, grief being different for everybody. And it was important for us to hear like grief does come out as anger and can come out, you know, in different ways. So thank you for being open about that. Um, yeah, this is a very powerful, um, emotional, I can say that myself, uh, episode, but it was needed. Um, we needed to have this conversation. We needed to to cover this. So thank you again. Um, 365ers, as always, if you have something that you want us to talk about or to cover, hit us up on Instagram at BlackHealth365. Again, that's BlackHealth365. You can find me on Instagram at LoveJackiePage. And you can find me at ProfitFitness.life. As always, 365ers, it's your responsibility to be an advocate for yourself and the people that you love and care about. Peace and I'm staying love. Black Health 365 is an Urban One and Reach Media production hosted by Jackie Page and Britt Daniels, created by Samuel Tatum and Laura Lopez, executive produced by Brittany Jackson and Kadisha Campbell, editing and production, Jahi Whitehead, sales and corporate sponsorship, Patty Johnson.